from the offices of Cocktail Collective, this is Cocktails Distilled, a podcast that takes your favorite spirits and liqueurs from the still to the cocktail glass. In each episode, we talk to distillers and creators about particular expressions that their brand have released, what they are, why they were created, and in what cocktails they can be used. Are you ready to understand what's in your glass, or perhaps should be? Welcome to Cocktails Distilled. Considered by many as the wild west of whiskey, American single malts have always had a reputation for innovation and experimentation. And it is through their collaborations, a lot of the time with breweries, is where they're making their point of difference felt. To underline this, Westwood have released their Oregon Stout Cast Whiskey, which draws on the region's craft brew history. We talked to Miles Munro, head distiller at Westwood Whiskey, about brewing, flavour, and the difference a good cask finish can make. Thank you for joining us, Miles. It's, it's wonderful to be here. Thank you for having me. Now, aging beer in whiskey barrels has been around for quite a while. Why do you think it has taken so long for the reverse to happen? It has, yes. It's, there's no, no secret there that the brewers certainly love whiskey barrels to age their beers, usually a higher ABV and darker in that way. But I don't. I don't think the uh, the reverse has really occurred to many distillers, especially here in the states. Um, given that you know it's it's a standard of identity, it's a way of defining our whiskey here in the U.S. That we put our new make spirit into brand new barrels. Most all of our whiskey barrels after one use actually go to other whiskey producing regions such as Scotland, Ireland, Australia, and to be used there over and over again. So I, I think the idea of reusing a barrel is just something that wouldn't occur to a lot of people in that way. What made you decide that stout barrels were going to be a good pairing? Well, in that, I think a lot of single malt producers have found, you know, something like a, a port or sherry barrel could give a nice finish to their whiskey and really complement those malt flavors. You know, our approach at Westwood is very much from the the beer making production history, where we're all ex brewers, myself included. And so we approach our single malts very much in the, in the style of, of producing a craft beer. And, and so in that way, you know, we, we feel that there's a, a certain roastiness, a certain um, chocolatey finish to Westwood and stout seem like an excellent flavor match to those aspects. Westwood is said to have a philosophy of minimalist distilling. Do you want to explain exactly what that means? Absolutely. Our approach is is more in the style of beer. You know, we're, we're working with, you know, malted barley that we source here in the Pacific Northwest, where Oregon is located in the States. And to that effect, we have a very minimalist approach to our, our distilling. We, we're very selective in the grains that we get from our maltster. Uh, we use an ale yeast for fermentation. So there's a lot of great flavor that's already there, and we don't really want to remove that. We're, we're attempting to create more flavor every step of the way. And, and if there's one thing we love about pot distillation is that it's, it's very minimal in how it's refining the product. And so that's what I mean by a minimalist approach. There's, there's very little refinement. We want a lot of those raw material and fermentation flavors to come through. When you're bringing those flavors through... Are you designing that stout whiskey to be marketed towards beer drinkers or whiskey drinkers? <laughs> uh, both. Absolutely both. 
you know, there are a lot of flavor aspects, I think, that could appeal to both beer and whiskey drinkers, and certainly with the Oregon Stout cast finish. It's a hybrid of styles, you know, where we're in the States, and so there's there's certain, again, standards of identity we should abide by to an extent. And so, you know, we're producing it much like a, a single malt wood from the British Isles, but we're, we're aging in new oak. And so, you know, that in, in that way, it's much like a bourbon. But then, you know, as I said before, with an ale yeast being used for fermentation and now with a, a stout finish, I, I think it's good appeal to a broad range of people who enjoy craft spirits. Are these your barrels that have gone to a brewery, been used by a brewery and sent back to you? Or are these barrels that have gone to the brewery from someone else and then come to you? So this is something that we set up um, I guess you could call it a barrel loaner program to where our barrels, our westward barrels are actually being sent out to breweries all around Oregon for their use to then get sent back to us. So we set up sort of a trade across a lot of different breweries here. I think actually at this point, we've got just nearly about 40 different breweries that we're working with for this program. Is that just in Portland or is that in Oregon as a whole? That's throughout the whole state. Yeah, you know, we have just a bit over... 80 breweries here in the city of Portland itself, but um, quite a few throughout throughout Oregon, actually. There's a, a pretty long history in craft brewing in Oregon itself. Uh, Central Oregon actually has the Deschutes Brewing, which was, which was open in the uh, early mid-80s, and they're definitely a pioneer in the states of craft, craft brewing. So, yeah, we're working with quite a few. And how long have the barrels been with the brewery? Is it just one, shall we say, expression of stout that has gone through the barrel or have they used it repeatedly? When you start a, a program like this, you, those are the questions you ask yourself and you wonder, you know, should we work with just one brewery? Uh, will a particular brewer's style or even that style of stout affect what we're trying to do here, which, you know, you're not even uh, entirely sure of, of what these uh, these outcomes will be. As far as time with brewery, it really depends on the brewer. Uh, some some will hold on to the barrels for six months. Other times, it's eighteen months to two years that they're hanging on to these barrels to age their beer. Uh, and then we're we, you know we're doing an additional one year finish on the barrel, so it's a lengthy process. We have found though that there isn't uh, too much of a difference from brewer to brewer as far as the finish effect that we get on the whiskey. I was about to ask if it was going out to so many, and yet it had no difference in the way that the whiskey has come through. Yes, thankfully. You know, it's it's enough of a, a logistical nightmare to keep track of all these barrels going to these various you know, craft brewers all around the state. Um, and we were looking for and hoping for a bit of consistency, though, in the finished product. You know, it's it's compelling, I think, to get a lot of different results from, from barrel finishes. Uh, but when you're, you know, we're we're just launching this product now in Australia. We've got it all throughout the states here, and and you you certainly hope for a bit more of a consistency there if you're wanting to put out a larger amount of of a product. But it's really not too much of a difference, I think, that we've found going from brewer to brewer. And part of that is is our approach to the finish. I look at the finishes on whiskey as you know, something that should amplify the core elements of that spirit rather than overtake them. So, you know, rather than a stout flavored westward, this 
is a finish. And so, um, you know, some of the some of the tasting notes that we get from this are are really more of, like I said, just a complement and a, a slight addition to the, to the overall flavor characteristics. Well, I suppose the logical thing would be to ask, what are those flavor notes? When someone <laughs> tastes this, what what can they expect? Well, you know, Westwood itself, our, our core, our flagship expression is very robust. It's got a lot of character to it. You know, some of those notes, the, the stone fruits, the tropical fruits, the honeyed nuttiness, you know, some of that brown sugar, you know, that all still comes through in the stout. That, like I said before, those core elements are still there. What it does, though, in barrel when finishing for an additional year with stout is there's, um, there's a lightness to it. It, it actually dries the spirit out just a bit. Yeah, it adds a bit more chocolate and roast character to it, but it's, it's not cloying. And there's actually a really beautiful floral note that uh, comes out in the aromatics. It's, it's really a nice, subtle change. So I suppose in a way you could almost say that it smooths the whiskey out a little bit. Certainly. Yeah, I, you know, I think for a couple of reasons. One, of course, an additional year in barrel, but also, you know, when we get these barrels back from the breweries, we're actually using them as soon as we get them back. You know, there, there's a bit of beer and there's a bit of troop from the, the secondary fermentation still in the barrel, and that's deliberate. We, we don't want to rinse the barrels. I, I actually attribute all of those aspects to the um, softer mouthfeel and the, and the overall smoothness of the whiskey. If it is a smoother whiskey, and it's bringing out a lot of the, the flavors that you were talking about. Do you believe that this would be a good expression for non-whiskey drinkers to start with? I do. I, I think it'd be an excellent introduction to, to single malt for, for, you know, someone who's perhaps just getting into the world of whiskey or is altogether unfamiliar. It's very approachable in that way. And, you know, it's, it's intriguing enough that as I said before, it, it has a very broad appeal. Yeah, it's it's quite approachable. Is it perhaps a gateway expression? <laughs> I like that term. Uh, yes, yes, definitely. You know, I, I think something that I find a lot when either presenting uh, at a tasting or, you know, hosting something here at the distillery where, you know, some people who aren't too experienced with whiskey haven't really broken through that wall of, of you know, being able to just, taste whiskey a certain way that that people do they they look for a smoothness i think people expect a certain amount of sweetness from a whiskey and i'd say you know this is also something that is i it's obvious i think to state but excellently paired with a beer you know i i think if if someone is wanting to approach this in sort of a boilermaker style even you know that they could um you have a really nice time with this whiskey paired, not only with a stout or a darker beer, but I think it goes well with a, a, a nice craft lager also. Now, with the pale ale as the, as the starter and with the stout as the finish, it's almost like you're going back to your roots in brewing again, just with a little whiskey in the middle. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, it's... It's enjoyable, the process. Again, we come from a brewing background and, you know, we're still very much steeped in the, in the brewing world here in town. As I said, there's just so many breweries here. It's almost, you know, hard for us to avoid 
Um, we've still got a lot of friends, you know, co-workers, colleagues in the brewing industry. And, uh, you know, our system, our wash system that we have set up here at the distillery is essentially a 30-barrel craft brewing system. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're always wanting to stay in touch with beer. Um, it's just such a huge part of our history here in the Northwest. And, you know, we're, we're creating a regional style of single malt. And, you know, we want it to speak of its origins. And so brewing is certainly a big part of that. Take us through the distilling. So our fermentation is about five days. It's a low temperature, slow fermentation, which is great. It doesn't create too many off flavors. Again, something that is our minimal approach to distilling. That uh, gives us about an eight and a half percent beer wash, which we then send through our main, through our pipe, uh, to the distilling side of the building. We've got two pot stills on the other side there. We've got a 2,000 gallon, about 11,000 liter pot still that was made custom for us down in Louisville, Kentucky, down in bourbon, bourbon country by uh, Vendome, who's a well-renowned still maker down there. It's it's a stainless steel pot with copper column, live piping condenser. Um, and that's built to our specifications in that it's got a very squat column um, with our, our boil ball, our onion at the very bottom of the column. Again, discouraging reflux, uh, discouraging too much refinement, getting all of the characters to come over. We make a very small head cut on that. Um, and we collect our, our first run, our low wines, and then distill in our second, smaller still, about 700 gallons, about 2,100 liters. Um, we're making some more cuts there. You know, that's that's all done by sensory, every single cut that we make in our run. So, you know, it's, it's one of us distillers standing up there determining through sensory when we're going to, you know, collect from heads to hearts. It's not done at a certain time. It's not done using equipment. Uh, measuring proof, it's all done by taste. It's as hands-on as we can make it. It's inefficient, but we think it makes the best whiskey. Did it turn out the way you had expected that it would? <laughs> well, I, I hope I don't come off as corny here, but honestly, better than expected. We knew uh, it'd be a wonderful flavor match, but just the, the, the subtle floral notes that I think really add a depth of complexity to this whiskey were, were a bit unexpected. When someone first gets their hands on a bottle, how would you suggest that they drink it? Well, this is something that is, for me personally, best drunk neat because it is, you know, something that's a bit drier, a bit smoother, and a bit softer of a palate. You know, we bottle across the board at 90 proof. That's a bit higher than most. Yeah, I think neat would be a great approach. Having said that, I did mention, you know, Boilermaker is an excellent way to enjoy it as well. And then as far as cocktails go, and I haven't done too much with it, but, you know, we have our great horse race down in Kentucky, the uh, Kentucky Derby every year. And the mint julep is the drink of choice for, for the Derby. I think it was last year on Derby Day, I happened to just come across a bar uh, here in town and they carried our stout finish and he was making mint juleps and it was absolute dynamite. The mint with chocolate, which of course is just a, a classic flavor combination. is really mm. pretty stellar. Speaking of, of bars, what has the reaction of bartenders been to the whiskey? Very positive. Very positive. You know, again, this is a, a newer product that hasn't been out in the world for too, too long, but 
it's still something that I, I think a lot of people are happy to experiment with. Bartenders are always looking for, uh, I think, not just new flavors, but new takes on flavors. So then this just adds another element without actually, you know, the need for an additional modifier to that drink. There's a, there's a great bar here, uh, Clyde's Common. They're a hotel bar that's been around for about 10 years. They're, you know, just constantly winning awards and they've got an excellent whiskey program. They're kind of my beta testing ground. And, uh, that's where I first brought it before we'd actually released it. And their head bartender and I ended up drinking most of the bottle tonight. I brought it in, uh, trying <laughs> different drinks. So it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. Aside from the mint julep that you mentioned, have you seen bartenders and perhaps even the bartender from Clyde Common use it in ways that have surprised you? Definitely. You know, I, I think there's traditional go-to, you know, standard whiskey drink that, that I'm, I'm sure would shine in just wonderfully. Where I've seen some left of center experimentation has been, you know, pushing some of the, some of the notes in the whiskey that aren't just uh, going to grab you right away. Again, some of the florality, there's even some great citrus notes that I think are sort of hidden under that initial, that sort of primary taste of the spirit. Turning the volume up on those yielded some great results. Portland is a very beer-based city, and that has been the inspiration for many of Westwood's expressions. Is beer going to continue to be an inspiration in what you do in the future? <laughs> Always and forever. It is, it is constantly inspiring us. You know, it's, it's inspired our, our style in general. We've been around since 2004. We've been producing Westward in its form we know it now for over 10 years. But wanting to help pioneer a new category of whiskey that is American single malt, you know, you have to think to yourself, well, what, what does this mean? How do we define this? We're hesitant to, and I would even say disinterested in the replicating a style of whiskey that's already out there. We're all fans of malt whiskey here in the distillery, but there's nothing we want to emulate, you know, and especially when you're staking your claim in the world of whiskey saying we're establishing a new category. Well, why is it different? Why should people care that it's, mm. that it's a new style of whiskey? And so, so our approach is very much rooted in our history of beer. Again, wanting to create a regional style. And so our malt that we use is uh, considered a brewer's base malt in the state. You know, it's a bit more of a modified barley that we're using. And, you know, again, the ale yeast for our fermentation, you know, that pale strain, that pale ale yeast strain is what's referred to in craft brewing circles here as the Chico strain or the Sierra Nevada uh, yeast strain, the Sierra Nevada pale ale strain. And that is just very, very American as far as, uh, taste profile. What's, you know, again, put us on the map. And so these are all deliberate choices that were, yeah, based in all of our history of, of brewing. So yeah, it's, it's a constant inspiration. And, you know, we even, I'd say, I don't know, a couple of times a year, we'll invite brewers. Portland Brewer or someone within the, the state or close by that is interested in collaborating with us, we'll, we'll sit down with some whiskey and beer. We'll, we'll taste through what they make. And if there's a particular beer that we all think would make a good whiskey, we'll actually replicate that beer on our wash system here with those brewers. We'll invite them over for the day. We'll make a, mm. a wash using their beer recipe with specialty grains. And then we'll double pot distill that 
into a whiskey. And so, you know, in that way, we're still very much involved in brewing and, and even evolving, you know, what we understand and what could be, you know, American single malt. So basically, as many expressions of beer that are available, you will probably try and, and convert into a single malt whiskey of some kind. Yeah, well, <laughs> at most. Yeah, I, I think, you know, there's certain styles that we just don't think would actually make a compelling single malt. But yeah, we're we're trying most everything, you know. And again, it's, it isn't just experimentation for experimentation's sake you know we're to use the marketing term innovating you know where we can and to just mm. to just you know push the category i mean tradition you know at one point was an innovation right and so with craft you know craft is the pursuit of constant improvement you know it's a work of progression and so we're we're just exploring new flavors constantly to see what works for us and a little bit of fun too i imagine always Always fun. It is whiskey after all. The Stout Whiskey recently received a gold medal at San Francisco. You must have been pleased at the response. Absolutely. That was that was a huge win for us. We'd, you know, that was the, uh, the first international competition that we'd sent the spirits to. So yeah, that was that was a, a big win. You know, we're certainly not in it for the medals, but to bring a new category of whiskey out to the world and then you know a second expression of that category. These wins help um, connect consumers to what we're doing. You know, right? we're we're all about an educated consumer. You know, that's those, those are people that really can you know grasp onto what we're doing here and enjoy the spirit. So, yeah, that was an absolute huge win, and we're we're ecstatic about that. Now, I imagine that the South is obviously available throughout Oregon. Is it available throughout the other states within the United States? Uh, a few. So uh, in the United States, we've got each state actually has its own rules, regulations, and hoops to jump through as you attempt to bring your spirit in for distribution. So that's 50 different regulators that we have to go through, which um, isn't something we were interested in right away. Certainly not with, you know, the second expression that's a, a smaller volume. And so we've released in our bigger markets here first. So yeah, outside of Oregon, you know, San Francisco, LA, Dallas, Austin, Texas, Chicago, New York, a few other markets, really going where bigger drinks markets are first to to get established there. But it's it's widely available in those bigger markets with the intent of getting further, further throughout the states as we go. And what about overseas? So Australia is our first export market for the stout, just as Australia was also our first export market for our core expression. Uh, which was last year when you and I met uh, last March uh, when I came to launch then. So, you know, the intent was to have me travel there this year to launch. Uh, that, of course, is sorted. But, yeah, bringing the flagship to Australia first was such an easy decision. It, it answered the question itself. There's such a, a strong appreciation not only for whiskey but for craft spirits and beer as well. Um, there's a, there's a, you know, huge audience for craft beer in Australia. And I, I think that, you know, the appreciation for innovation, you know, the, the amount of great single malt makers, you know, new world whiskey makers in Australia as well was really inspiring. And so, yeah, Australia has always been our first choice. Are there plans for maybe the UK and places like that? Certainly. I think so. It's just, 
you know, we're, we're building this up as we go. You know, whiskey just takes time. And these barrels that, you know, we send off to breweries, you know, after they're done with them, as I said, could be up to two years, we're receiving them back and it's an additional year in finish. And so we've seen great, you know, positive responses to this. So we continue to grow our barrel program for the stout finish, but um, it's still certainly not large enough to um, go to too many other international markets. But yeah, the intent is there to definitely expand it for sure. Speaking of that, last year, knowing that we wanted to expand this program and, and really get a lot of volume out to the world, uh, we decided that, you know, most of these brewers that we're working with, these breweries, they're, you know, they're just little brew pubs. They're, you know, producing not too much beer. So they're really only taking two, maybe six barrels at a time. And so we, okay. we looked to, we looked to some bigger brewers last year to see who, who might be able to take more at once. We've actually done collaborations in the past with Deschutes, um, they're again in Central Oregon, right. and uh, they they've got a, a great barrel program. They make excellent barrel aged stouts, and so I, I sent a hundred Western barrels over their way last August. So yeah, the, you know the expansion is in progress. Now, if people want more information about the stout or just Westwood as a whole, they can go to your website, which is westwoodwhiskey.com. Yeah, there's there's information there on yeah our core expression um, on our stout cask upcoming news at the distillery. We're actually hoping to we'll see how the rest of this year goes, but hoping to uh, to release a third expression of Westwood, another finish. Um, so yeah, there's there's new information on you know just what we're doing here at the distillery, and uh, yeah, it's very informative. Are you able to give us a little bit of information about the new expression that you're about to bring out? Sure. So, you know, in keeping with our, our I'd say our ethos of, you know, regional style, establishing a, a single malt that speaks of the Pacific Northwest that has provenance, obviously going with the beer finish was just sort of a natural next step. Um, thinking also to um, wine finishes, right? Um, you know, okay. There's quite, again, uh, you know, a lot of ports and sherry, but well, those don't really, those don't really fit into our our Northwest style um, because we don't produce port or sherry here. Um, but we do, but we do have quite a few smaller world-class Pinot Noir producers here just 45 minutes away from the distillery in the Willamette Valley. And we've we've also got a, a few people in our crew. Actually, our founder, Christian Krogstad, used to help manage wineries. And so, yeah, we've got great established relationships with wineries here in the Willamette Valley as well. And so, yeah, we started to explore that option as well. Interesting. Yeah, you know, something that just, you know, continues to tell the story of where we're from. Right. Right, you yeah. know. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Mars. It's been a pleasure. It's been great talking with you. And hopefully when that next expression comes out, we can talk to you again about that. I'd love that. Thanks so much. And we'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of Cocktails Distilled. Be sure to visit cocktailcollective.com.au to access the show notes. And if you like what you've heard, we'd love you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes. Until next time, cheers.